everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Awakened. We're back with you here on another week, and we've got a lot to go through. This week was nuts, and I mean, we're just going to kick everything off with all of our Elon Musk talk, and <laughs> we've got some health insurance stuff to talk about regarding the COVID vaccines. Uh, Justin Trudeau in Canada still grooming kids. If this seems to be a common theme of governments around the world. We got to get this to stop. And we're going to have a little fun with CNN Plus getting canceled and just some other topics as we go through. So glad everybody's joining us today. Uh, really appreciate it. And again, before we start, just make sure that you follow us on AGA TV at www.aga.network. Follow us over on Rumble. We are finished with YouTube because we got banned again for telling the truth, yep. which that's, is crazy. But That's a new platform, right? They just canceled the truth. That's it. Yep. Um, so we did finally get into Truth Social. Rob has been going crazy on his profile on Truth Social. Love it. AGA Network got a little catching up to do because for some reason we weren't able to get on right away, but now we're in, we're good to go. We're getting started and uh, make sure you follow us on locals, go to supportaga.com and join our locals community and you can follow everything we're doing over there. And I don't have the phone number in front of me though. You want to throw that out? 330-619-4497, text AGA to that number. And uh, so you're going to text AGA to 330-619-4497 and become one of the insiders and we have a new edition uh, pod page for the show, which is pretty That's cool. Right. And uh, so if you want to go see more, even more descriptions and things, you can find us also at theawakenshow.com. Awesome. It's crazy. So many different ways to stay in touch with us. And I think that's the that was the plan from the beginning is yep. we don't know where we're going to get booted off of next. So <laughs> yeah. we're definitely not on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but there is a lot of news with Twitter. Yeah. And maybe we will be at some point. I don't know. But do you want me to just kick it off with the clip? Let's kick it off with the clip. Okay. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. A good news show. Don't get those too often. It's April 25th, 2022. Elon Musk bought Twitter today. That means that Twitter henceforth will be privately held. Elon Musk will determine what is allowed on the platform. Now, why is this significant? Not because it singles the sudden arrival of oligarchy, as you're hearing now. It's too late for that. Oligarchy is already here. Every major tech company is already controlled by billionaires. That's been the case for a long time. So this is nothing new. The reason today's sale of Twitter is big news, the reason it could turn out to be a pivot point in our history, is that Elon Musk does not agree with the rest of the billionaires in the tech business. Unlike the leaders of Facebook, Google, Apple, Amazon, Elon Musk believes in free speech. He thinks everyone should be allowed to talk, including people who disagree with him. I hope that even my worst critics remain on Twitter, Musk wrote today on his new platform, because that is what free speech means. Now that sounds like an entirely American sentiment, but in this atmosphere, that is a revolutionary posture. Of the five companies that control the flow of virtually all information that's consumed by the citizens of this country, Twitter is by far the smallest of the group. But it doesn't matter. One platform going rogue is enough to break the monopoly. That means you now have real options for expressing yourself. Going forward, if you disagree with the administration's latest directive, you get to say so out loud to an audience. So they're up there every day from the podium, the biggest megaphone in the world, commanding you to hate this or that group, lecturing you about who's good and who's evil, as if you're a child and have no right to decide for yourself these things, the basic things. But before today, you didn't have a right to express your disagreement in public. If you had an opposing opinion, or even more dangerous than that, if you had countervailing facts 
that undermine their storyline, the tech companies would shut you down immediately. It happened to us. It happened to a lot of people, most of whom you've never heard of. Never hearing about those people was the whole point of shutting them down. But that's over. After today, you'll be able to post your dissent in a place where other people might have a reasonable chance of seeing it. In other words, you will have a chance to change other people's minds, just like the White House does every day. So you just became a little more powerful. The people already in charge just became a little less powerful. It's that simple and it's that profound. Of course, it could change. It's possible that at some point Elon Musk will decide he doesn't really want dissenting views on Twitter. That could happen. Elon Musk can do whatever he wants, just as Jeff Bezos and Mark Zuckerberg could do whatever they want and often do. This is the cost to the rest of us of living under a political system that is so dysfunctional it cannot even guarantee the core freedoms it promises its own citizens. And free speech is the first on that list. Why? Because democracy depends upon free speech. And the irony is, if you'd like to save democracy, you are forced to look outside the democratic system in order to do it. At this point, you have no choice but to put your hopes in the good intentions of an eccentric billionaire. There's no other option because no one else is coming to the rescue. So in the case of Elon Musk, we will see how this turns out. But for now, Musk's purchase of Twitter is the single biggest political development since Donald Trump's election in 2016. It is certainly the most threatening challenge to the corrupt and incompetent leadership of this country. Now, that may not be obvious to everyone yet, but the people in charge certainly understand it. Here is the scene inside Twitter headquarters in San Francisco when the Musk deal was announced. <laughs> Sorry, wrong tape. But the very same idea. What you just saw was the collective grief of people who thought they were going to be fully in charge, who totally believed they'd be able to rule without limit. You're watching those people learn that actually other people get to talk to. And that realization is crushing to them. It's the one thing they fear. And that tells you everything about why those people should never be near power. People who want a monopoly on speech and thought hate Elon Musk. Not because he's a racist. He's not. But because they can't control him. And people wonder why Tucker, want, or they want to cancel Tucker. Yep. Uh, he just speaks the truth about that subject. Right? Jeez. Speaking the truth. So the question becomes, as conservatives, where do we stand on this topic? Because it's very controversial. I was just on a, a YouTube live stream this morning with uh, watching you know, Elon Musk and um, Jack Dorsey. Mm -hmm. So the former CEO of Twitter, and they were talking about many liberal things like ESG and how that's important. So I hear a lot of conservatives rejoicing, and I know that many of them have gotten, you know, tens of thousands of followers every minute now that they're not being shadow banned on Twitter. But I'm not sure that we should be rejoicing that this guy is now in full control of all the data. Last time we talked about data being the currency. Yeah, we did. So so now he just purchased every tweet, every DM. DMs are private messages on Twitter. Personal so information. Personal information. He just bought it all. Mm-hmm. And this is, and, and I hear all the conservatives saying, oh, this is great. We got Twitter back. I don't know that it's a great thing. 
No, it's it very well could just be a parallel move. Yeah, but a parallel move that's not controlled by stockholders. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Before yeah. before there was an opportunity for dissent. Mm-hmm. Now there isn't. You're right. I mean, and and if I was buying, uh, if I was spending billions of dollars to buy something, yeah, it wasn't cheap. I would, yeah, it wasn't cheap. I would probably not make drastic moves. I would let the public, you know, think that I was going to do whatever I was going to do. And then I would do what I was going to do later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a long play. I don't think this is a short play by Musk. I think it's a long play that we won't know about for a year. Uh, we may know about it in November because I think that this purchase could really affect the election. Yep. Um, I just don't know. Watching today, I mean, I, I was excited. I was not excited. I was all that stuff. But then watching today him buddy up with Dorsey, I'm like, this may not be the best play for conservatives. It's, I, it is a fair is a fair concern. It's something that I've thought about too. You know, it's, it's great on the surface and everything because Twitter's been such a nightmare and everything, the way they've centered everything. And now, oh, we're free from that. But any one person having that much control yeah. and that much power is, it's never a good thing. It's never been a good thing. It's never going to be a good thing. So there's, very good chance this is not going to be a good thing. And this yeah. is the guy that wants to put chips in our brains? Yep. I and, mean... Another thing, and, and you mentioned about uh, the ESG yeah. and him talking about the liberal things. I mean, Elon Musk is the guy building rocket ships to get off of Earth because he thinks that global warming or climate change is yeah. that big of a deal. Yeah. I, I mean, if he thinks it's that big of a deal, we do have to be a little concerned because we know that it's not. Right. Um, so, so I don't know. This is... It is concerning... And it is a little worrisome to watch so many conservatives almost turn him into that golden calf, yeah. right. put him up it, there on that pedestal. Like, oh, he's our savior. Yep. No man is your savior. Exactly. Exactly. And we're seeing it on every level. I mean, even the people that had five Twitter followers are like celebrating now. Mm-hmm. And then you watch you watch other people that had big followings on Twitter, double, triple, quadruple their size in a matter of a few days. I, I think it's going to be a long play to see what this is. I mean, this is the guy that believes in absolute democracy. Yep. He doesn't believe in representative republic or democracy. It's not a democracy, but he doesn't believe in that. He believes that it should be an absolute democracy, which is totally against what our founding of our nation is. And so I, there's lots of things that we're going to find out, I believe, about him as we research. But this guy now owns every... The, I think we have to come back to the details of the deal. He now owns every tweet and every DM. He now controls that. And one of the loudest voices in the in the tech space. And as far as data goes, it's every account that you have linked in any way to your Twitter profile. Exactly. Any If you're, if you're browsing on any other site and you've shared via Twitter or posted to Twitter. It's all linked. Yes. It's all coming. They're, they're tracking all of that. Yeah. Well, we know 7 million data points on every American. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that, I think that that's a huge thing that we have to be, I'm not saying be worried. I mean, we probably should be worried about all of it, but then we'd all be, we'd all be, you know, yeah, no, don't be worried, but cocooned. (laughs) Just don't be so swept away with this is wonderful. Right. Um, Right. Yeah. I think some things, and, and we were talking with the local pastor a while back and he said, that in the future things are going to look like wins, but they're actually losses for the body of Christ. Mm. And I, I believe that's probably this may be one of those. It looks like a huge win, but it may be an ultimate loss. He does play his part beautifully. Yeah, I mean he's not stupid. He realizes oh. most of Americans are conservative and hold those values. So if he can somehow toe that line and get them on his side, he won. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, look at yeah. it. I yeah, mean. true. I mean, he was, what, 20 or 1998 or something. He had uh, $111 million and now yeah. he's the, one of the richest men in the world. Yep. I mean, he's got to be smart. Yeah, yep. and, and I don't think that this play was specifically for data. I do believe it's a big part of it because now, I mean, you can manipulate a lot of things with data. Mm-hmm. But I also believe that he is a man that can take companies and turn them around. And he wants this to be a profitable thing. He didn't spend all this money to lose money. No, he's a businessman. So, so be aware that he's going to use all the data to make money. Yeah, yeah, okay. But he is scary. And this next clip <laughs> explains a little, a little bit about what he thinks about and how much this AI that he's working on mm-hmm. can really be molded to to do some pretty ugly things. So, this is the next video. He wants even his fiercest critics to be in the debate and be on Twitter and to be uh, be, be heard. Um, now, what that means for Donald Trump and for other politicians who get booted off this platform, that's going to be a big question on day one whenever he actually walks into the office and takes control of this platform. He can, in theory, rewrite all of those rules. You know, when I refer to laws about hate speech and about pornography on platforms, you know, there's not a law that forbids Twitter from having Donald Trump on. That was a company choice, uh, a company policy chance. I suspect those policies are going to change. Uh, when reading through the lines of this press release, the board decided it had to take this offer. The board did not want to take this offer necessarily. I, they looked for other buyers with every indication. They now have to hand over the keys to Elon Musk unless there's a snag. I do suspect we're going to see politicians who were booted off get back on. Whether that's actually a good thing for Donald Trump, Completely different question. Yeah. Whether it's actually a positive for him to be back on Twitter, completely different Why? question. Why? Why wouldn't it just be a positive? He would, he would to have him back in the news cycle for, around for the world? To be, no, meaning for him. Why wouldn't it be positive for him to oh. be back, to have a huge megaphone, to maybe run for president with his huge megaphone? This would be a plus for Donald Trump. You could also make the case that Donald Trump suddenly be back in the news, very visible in a way that he hasn't been, would remind people of exactly why he was... Um, uh, why he lost his election hmm. and why he's uh, why he was booted from office. So look, who knows? I, I think that's a, a that's a that's a, an example of a broader question for Twitter, which is if you uh, if you get invited to something where there are no rules, where there is total freedom uh, for, for everybody, do you actually want to go to that party or are you going to decide to stay home? And that's a question for Twitter users. Some Twitter users might love the idea that there's going to be absolutely no moderation and no rules at all. Others might not want to be anywhere near that. Am I, am I crazy, Matt? No, no, you're right. And what, what happens to the advertising? I mean, if there's no moderation or little moderation, do the right. advertisers stay away? What does that do to the, yeah. the business prospects for Twitter itself? All I right. think that's very much an open debate. And we don't know the answer yet. And we're going to find out from Elon Musk. Oh, we know the answer. Oh, my God. The answer is if you go woke, you go broke. Yep. I mean, we see that with Disney and CNN. CNN, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Jeez. So you got Brian Stelzer there, like, yep. Saying, if there's a party with no rules, do you want to go? He acts like we're walking into the purge. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, yeah. Yeah. See, and, and this is the problem. We've talked about this, too, a lot, where a lot of these, if, if you can't handle what somebody else is saying, yeah. then you, you, pro- yeah, you probably shouldn't be there because you're kind of weak-minded, I think. Yeah, 100%. And the talk is all about Twitter. What about, like, Reddit? Oh, yeah. There's no rules on there. No. Why isn't there a nightly segment about Reddit? Or Discord or all these other things where sure. you can share yeah, whatever. It's all about Twitter because the only reason is because Donald Trump chose that as his platform to go on mm-hmm. and talk. And it, it, as soon as they started talking about Trump, I was just thinking, you know, should politicians who've been booted be allowed back on? You realize the politicians that have been booted did nothing wrong. Right. They, there was no 
reason for them to be booted other than to silence them. Right. It's, it's insane. Yeah. And should he go back on? Should he not? He has his own platform now. Yeah. I mean, it's the number one in the app store. Yeah. Yeah. True social is number one in the app store with millions of downloads. And I'm on there. And honestly, if I share something, it's, it's viewed way faster than it ever was on Facebook or any other platform that I know. And the stuff that's on there is definitely skewed to the right, of course, but um, it's good content. Stuff I can't share anywhere else, but good, good <laughs> yeah. content. I'll get banned. It's probably if I true. Yeah. It is true. It is true. But I, d- I don't know that Donald Trump even wants to go back on Twitter. Um, but if he does, I don't think he said that he wasn't, I believe, this yeah. week. But if he does, uh, Brian Stelzer can go cry in the back room. You know, we built crying rooms after the election. They can have them now. Yeah. So. Did you guys want me to play the AI clip? Is that where we want to... Let's play the AI clip. This is a little scary, but um, this is what I believe people think about that want harm. This will be interesting. I will destroy humanity. We had nuclear bombs, which could potentially destroy civilization, obviously. Uh, We have AI, which could destroy civilization. Uh, We have global warming, which could destroy civilization or, or at least severely disrupt civilization digital intelligence will exceed biological intelligence by a substantial margin it's obvious we're not paying attention we worry more about what what name somebody called someone else than whether ai will destroy humanity that's insane we're like children in a playground humanity really is not evolved to think of existential threats in general we're evolved to think about things that are very close to us near term to, to be upset with other humans and, and not, not to really to think about things that could destroy humanity as a whole. Um, Excuse me, how could AI destroy civilization? You know, it would be something in the same way that humans destroyed the habitat of primates. I mean, it, it, it wouldn't necessarily be destroyed, but we might be relegated to a small corner of the world. When Homo sapiens became much smarter than other primates, I pushed all the other ones into small habitats. They're just in the way. Couldn't AI, even in this moment, just with the technology that we have before us, be used in some fairly destructive ways? You can make a swarm of assassin drones for very little money by just taking the, the, the face ID chip that's used in cell phones and uh, having a small explosive charge and a, and a standard drone and have them just do a grid sweep of the building until they find the person they're looking for ram into them and, ex- and explode. You can do that right now. No extra, no new technologies needed. Right now. Probably a bigger risk than, than being hunted down by a, a drone is that uh, AI would be used to make incredibly effective propaganda. Uh, that would not seem like pro- propaganda. So these are deep fakes? Yeah, influence the direction of society, influence elections, artificial intelligence. Just hones the message, hones the message, check, looks, at the feed, looks at the feedback, makes this message slightly better. Within milliseconds, it, could, it can um, adapt its message and, and shift and react to news. And, and there's so many uh, social media accounts out there that are not people. Like, how do, you, how do you know it's a person, not a person? One reason that regulators and others are a little bit in denial about this is the speed, the pace of change. What is the consequence of that speed of change? The way in which a regulation is put in place is slow and linear. Right. And we are facing an exponential. So 
we look at this and we say, okay, the drone thing is pretty scary. Okay, they can, with the technology we currently have right now, put an explosive device on a drone, send it into an office building, and it'll, with Face ID, so most of you have an iPhone or an Android and you use Face ID to open it, with that same Face ID that now Apple has or Android has, they could go in and send that drone into your desk and bang, explode it right by your desk, you're done. I mean, that's scary. That's that's like freak, freaky stuff, right? Yeah. But even more, this man just bought Twitter. And he said almost immediately, within milliseconds, they could take your face and they could put other stuff, another face on your face or put your face on someone else saying mm-hmm. something completely wrong. Nobody would even know the difference. Yeah. And now you're in trouble. Yeah, the deep fake thing for me out of that clip was probably the most frightening. Yeah. So explain the deep fake thing for people that don't understand the term. So the deep fake is kind of what you were just saying. And, and we've seen this in recent movies and TV shows where they'll take, you know, an, a, an actor from 50 years ago, but they want to do a new storyline with that character. So they'll get a new actor who kind of looks similar. And then they'll just do a deep fake with their AI technology and put that old actor's young face on the new one. They can do the voice control. I mean, everything looks so real that if you don't know that it's not that person, you you would think it is. Right. You really would. So you're right. They could, this is a way to get people in trouble for doing things they had nothing to do with. Right. So, so you could have a fake Trump Twitter account. Yep. That's Mm -hmm. actually his voice taking words out of things that he said because he's in the public eye. Yeah. Or you just get somebody who speaks can kind of be enough like him and and through their ai and technology and and stuff manipulation they can kind of tweak that recording to make the i mean they they can really make it look and sound just like him and they're getting to the point maybe they're already there they're getting to the point where they can do it live Mm -hmm. that is scary it is very scary so this man just got all the data and all the tech and all the accounts for all these people on twitter and this technology is already here and he uses the word propaganda. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. So. Yeah. So I, I'm, not, I'm not so sold on this whole thing, but this whole segment on, on uh, Musk and, and AI and, and all the stuff that he has, I think we just need to be cautious and uh, be very, tread very lightly in all of these areas and not get too overwhelmed with this is the greatest thing since 2016. Yeah. Let's just take this as, you know, one day at a time because... Just because it seems better now doesn't mean it's going to be exactly better exactly. in the future. Yeah, so um, the next part, the next segment that I wanted to go to, um, you know, I've been studying a lot of insurance and different ways that uh, people use insurance and, and all of that stuff. And um, this story caught my eye because I believe that there are a lot of people that need to do some research on their life insurance policies because... Um, this is a this is a big deal because people pay a lot of money every month to have their life insurance policy and we're going to see in the video what that might mean now after 2020 and 2021 with the pandemic okay here we go in france there was an elderly wealthy businessman who got out life insurance for millions of dollars he got the COVID vaccine and he died so the life insurance company is not paying out because they decided that the COVID vaccine is a medical experiment and death from a medical experiment is not a covered entity. Furthermore, even the judge says that 
The side effects from the vaccine are well known. They've been made public. There's absolutely no way that this gentleman could not have known the side effects. He willingly chose to get the vaccine and he died as a result. And because it was a choice, they're calling it a suicide. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? And suicides, along with death from experimental drugs, are not covered and life insurance. So I know what you're thinking. Oh, that happened in France. That would never happen in the US. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, but the American Life Insurance Council has also said that life insurance policies may deny payment if you die from the COVID-19 vaccine because they are experimental drugs. There you go. This is something we thought might happen. We're seeing it happen. You might want to check your policy. Oh man. <laughs> so you've paid you've paid huh. for 30 years on this policy, $200 a month or whatever. And uh and then now because of COVID, they may not have to pay your premium they may not have to pay your payout if you die because of because of this. And it's not even it's not even to die because of getting the shot and then dying three days later. It's that you have it and then you die. Isn't that wild? So this is not financial advice, but I would be checking your policy. Mm-hmm. I'd be getting on the phone right now and talking to somebody. And the answer you're probably going to get is the answer that I got, which is we don't know. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Like, like uh, we don't know what the decision will be. It could be different for every person. Oh, geez. <laughs> so... I, I would just, the, the whole point of this segment is not to worry anybody, but the whole point of this segment is, listen, the, the tables are stacked against you in this, in this case because the life insurance companies can say yes or no to anything that they want to. And now we know that the American Council on Life Insurance has said that they are experimental drugs and they don't have to honor it. So it's down to your life insurance company saying what they're going to do. So I think that this could really, if if it if it is exactly what that council says, we will see life insurance companies accepting and denying this, and you're going to see a flux of people moving back and forth. But if you've invested your whole earning life into your life insurance and you got the vaccine, which people made that choice, that's fine. But there are consequences to every choice, and this consequence could be mega expensive. Oh man! As soon as I when I first saw this clip, I was I'm thinking, okay, I guess we kind of did wonder if this would happen. But hearing him, hearing guy actually sit here and talk about it happening is check your policies, check your, check policies. your policies, because if it says anything about experimental drugs or suicide, which all of them say suicide, mm-hmm. um, then you might want to check that. Now, suicide is normally in the first three to five years. If you commit su- two to five years, if you commit suicide, the policies would say that. At least read your own policy. But um, most of them have a time frame, so you can't just buy a policy and go kill yourself. Yeah. Um, right. So your family gets it. But I mean, if it's in that window, then they could rule it that. But the experimental drug thing is in most policies as well. And that has been proven now in France and the US. See, and that's one of the things that looking back on the mandates, and, you know, the government trying to force everybody into this vaccine, you know, people rushed into 
either trying to comply or they were worried about COVID. So they got the shot because they wanted to be protected or whatever, whatever your reason was, this was never brought up. Nobody thought about this as a potential consequence. Yeah. I I think that many of the anti-vaxxers were saying they don't want to do it because it's experimental and we want to see where it ends up. Right. I mean, that was some of the, Mm -hmm. some of the things, one of the thoughts that I had was, okay, down the road, what other implications can happen because I've done this and not just the immediate, Oh, you could have, you know, heart problems and die like soccer players. Um, but, but what are the other ramifications? I did not directly think of this insurance, but I was trying to think down the road, what could happen, you know, by making this choice. Yeah. And I think we're seeing, I think this is honestly just the first thing or the it's in the early stages down the road. We're going to see people denied for, uh, you know, other things because of this. And, and I think it's going to get more, uh, more intense. Um, but man, I, you know, just going back to check your policy, call your, call your, uh, your salesman and, and get your representative and say, listen, I, I did this. I want to know what this does to my policy. And if they say, we don't know, or if they say, uh, we haven't gotten down that road yet. Um, I would want to be with a company that says we've got to figure it out. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Cause you don't want to be five, 10 years down the road. Exactly. And they figured it out now. Yeah. They yeah. figured it out in the wrong way. And now, yep. now you don't have any coverage. So just something to be aware of. Um, you know, they deny people for all different things. When you get life insurance off, off the bat, I would not be surprised if down the road you would not be able to get life insurance if you had COVID because now you're compromised, right? That would be interesting if okay. they did that because everybody's had COVID. Right. But were you diagnosed with it and actually True. treated for it? And then secondly, um, if you had the vaccine, you cannot actually get insurance. I would not be surprised if that comes down the line because if for the people that already have insurance, you may be grandfathered in, or maybe they say, no, we, we're going to actually do what this guy says. Um, but the people that are coming on now, think of what the the table show 400% increase in deaths in certain age groups. And like, remember we went through all yeah, those numbers. So, so the, the actual law of large numbers, which is how they judge life insurance, they take big pools of people and they say, what are the odds that people die? Those numbers are huge. Now the, like the numbers have went off the charts for different age groups. And one of the factors used to be, do you have heart disease in your family? Well, now it's going to be, did you get the COVID vaccine and they can deny you for any reason. So I would not be surprised if down the road, if you apply for life insurance, that's one of the questions. Oh, well, that's a very uplifting conversation. <laughs> not a fun segment, but, but for me, I'm like telling everybody, go check it because you that's don't a, know, yeah. you don't know. And, and you don't want to be paying a, a large number every month to then be not getting anything in return. Yep. Well, and, and there's your takeaway and your action item for that segment. Everybody go check your policy. If you've gotten the vaccine, if you haven't, but you think maybe one day you will, or you're still considering it, check your policy. Either way, you should know, you should know what it says. Yeah. Yeah. And know what, know what their decisions have been for people who have died from that. So, uh, lots of, uh, lots of things to think about the, during the show today. Uh, one of the things that, that I want to put in your mind before we play the next segment is you've all seen the videos of, uh, of our, um, one of our guys we follow calls our president flashbang. Um, but, uh, but one of our, 
current person sitting in the White House. We, we've seen all the cringy videos of him sniffing hair and all the craziness and, and all the stuff going on. But I, I would like to, to talk about how he actually views your kids um, in, in, on an everyday basis. Um, and he views them that they're not even your kids in some cases. You've heard me say it many times about our children, but it's true. They're all our children. And the, the reason you're the teachers of the year is because you recognize that. They're not somebody else's children. They're like yours when they're in the classroom. Okay, that's, I don't agree. Disturbing. Yeah. Uh, so they're not your kids' parents. When they go into the classroom, you have surrendered your rights to, to educate and to be the parents uh, to the teacher. And uh, wow. Yeah. Um, I, again, <clears throat> I say it all the time, don't have kids yet. But when I do and they're going to school, I would still like those teachers to treat my kids as if they're my kids because they're my kids. Yep. Right. They're not yours. But the, oh, but the policy and the belief system of the liberals is takes a village to raise a child, not two parents. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not two parents. It's coming from the guy that sniffs little girl's hair. <laughs> like, that's creepy enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just, I, I think that we have to understand that um, the viewpoint of the left is you're, you're a horrible parent. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are a heterosexual couple and have a child you're inept oh yeah i mean i mean if yeah. if you're gay and married and and have adopted or done whatever um then you're the star couple getting an award yeah, oh, yeah. yeah yeah as long as you're teaching crt at home yeah yeah everything um, they're doing is turning kids against their parents it's all about breaking up the family structure yep it's what it is yeah and and we know that ever since the family structure has been under attack and they did it through racial things i mean yep Biden was the author of one of the biggest racial bills in the history. Most of the African-Americans in in the country look at the bill that he created and say that was one of the things that hurt their culture the most. And yet nobody holds him accountable. They vote for him anyway because uh, because they don't understand what what he really authored. He authored one of the biggest um, racial profiling bills in the history of our country. And yet. You know, he's sitting there today. I, I don't understand all that, but what I do understand is their goal, as you said, is to take away your right as a parent to be a parent. Yeah, 100%. We've seen that with, you know, Disney. We've seen that everything is going on in Florida. Yeah, yep. I find it very interesting that the organization, the, the belief system that says that men can actually birth children are the ones that are trying to regulate what free thought should be like, right. what, like <laughs> what is truth? Um, yeah. They're, they're regulating truth. And you know, the Biden administration just came out yesterday with the, uh, with the disinformation arm of Homeland security. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And their belief system is that that happens on a regular basis that, you know, men just have wombs now and start to bear kids. And so because of that, they're actually regulating what is happening. Yeah, um, I'm actually trying to, because I'm glad you brought that up. It was um, Executive Director Nina Jankovic. Mm-hmm. She's the one heading the Disinformation Governance Board. That just sounds wonderful. Um, so I was reading some stuff actually about her, and it was really quick to see that she's not exactly a misinformation expert. <laughs> um, she publicly stated her opinion that Hunter Biden's laptop, the contents of which were reported by the New York Post, 
was actually Russian disinformation, which we now know. And I mean, we knew back then too, that's entirely false. Uh, but yet this woman's going to be leading the charge against misinformation, um, which she actually thought the laptop was misinformation. So great. Yeah. So, so we have this belief that, um, or we have this understanding that the people in charge of misinformation and tracking all that down are the proprietors of it. Yeah. On every level. Yep. It's crazy. So we go from one creepy president to another creepy prime minister. And, uh, and we want to bring you some Canadian news right yeah. now. Yeah, here we go. Um, you're going to be able to get your vaccine as soon as you turn five. Uh, and I know you're excited. and I know you're eager. Uh, in some places across the country, you can even start making your appointment now uh, for shortly after your birthday. I know you're excited. What? That's what a four-year-old thinking about, <laughs> I'm excited to get my vaccine appointment. What, what kid's excited to get any shot? Are you kidding me? This guy is, this guy is deranged. Oh, well, yeah. And that's broadcast into every school. I mean, Man. I mean, this, this is, again, you're not the parent of your child. So they skip the parents to set the appointments. They go directly to the child in the classroom and say, I know that you're excited about this. You can get your shot today even though we know that they have no need to have it. Right. A four and five year old have no need for that vaccine shot, whatever jab they don't. And he's now for his whole country going on and saying, you kindergartners, you need to have the shot and you should be excited about this. It's, it's creepy. It yeah. is very creepy. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Do we want to um, go to one other president? Before we go on, we're going to sure. change the order for you. We might as well. Go ahead yeah. and do the whole France thing. But so we went from creepy Biden to creepy Trudeau. And now we got Macron in France who was elected. And every media outlet is saying how happy the French people are to, to bow down to Macron and say he's the savior and all of that stuff. And you see nothing of what is going on actually in the country. And so... Um, we wanted to bring a clip that is literally showing you what is happening on the ground in Paris and in other places. Um, it is completely crazy. And so we, we have this leadership uh, vacuum around the world. It's, it's amazing. They're, they're all listening to the World Economic Forum. They're all listening to, um, to the, just the craziness of you are not your own person. Mm -hmm. You have no autonomy as a human being. And we're going to, we're going to say that Macron won, even though Le Pen was, I mean, I'm sorry, this is exactly what happened in 2020. Yeah. It's exactly what happened in 2020 in the U S and you cannot tell me that the FBI wasn't involved or whatever in, in this as well. And, uh, and making Le Pen was running for the freedom of every individual Frenchman. And she had tons of support. And now Macron wins. And th this is what's happening. No one has been reelected there in 20 years. And he gets reelected. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah.
everyone is so excited about this election. Yeah, they all seem really happy. <laughs> it's interesting because the other night on, I was just <clears throat> watching a little bit of Fox News and they were even highlighting the Macron re-election over there and saying how oh, everybody was so, you know, the excitement in the streets for, you know, the re-election of Macron. And I'm thinking, well, that's wrong. Yeah. I, I've yeah. seen quite the opposite. Actually. Yeah. I mean, I had a very short clip that we didn't put in today, but um, it was people throwing tomatoes at him whenever he started yeah. to have his procession. Um, I mean, the people are not happy. And I think that this, it's interesting that all these leaders have been a part of the World Economic Forum. They're all leaders of nations. Uh, their cabinets are filled with WEC people. And, uh, and this is really going down the line of the Great Reset. And if Macron would not have made it, that would have been a huge hit to the Great Reset plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So were votes tainted? I don't know. Was the FBI involved? I don't know. Was their FBI? I don't know. But it's a little fishy, and I believe we'll probably know something down the road. And we're about ready to see, I think it's this month, we're about ready to see the release of a film in the U.S. Mm. called 2,000 Mules, and that proves how the the ballots were farmed out and how that, how that all happened. I would love for you to go watch a trailer of it. Your eyes will be opened. But I think that the same thing, my, my gut tells me the same thing happened over there because they could not lose France as one of the biggest implementers of the Great Reset. What did you say he came out and said now? Like something about the vaccine and, and that stuff, wasn't it? Uh, um, I'm trying to think of what it was. He came right out after the election and made some pretty bold statements about what needed to happen in the country. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what they were, but huge, huge stuff. So, so France's citizens are revolting and no one around the world is covering it because it doesn't meet their talking points oh exactly yeah and so it's not just in paris it's all over the country and uh and so i don't know it'll be interesting to watch and see but it hasn't calmed down yet so uh, well which one of these uh topics do you want to jump let's to talk next? about the demise of cnn i love it let's let's talk might about as well that. do a little cheerful talking here I yeah guess. we might as well i mean this is this is great cnn open for 30 days and closed cnn plus yeah and how many millions of dollars they pour into that lots app, that streaming service hundreds lots. of millions i believe yeah, yeah. It was something like that 300 employees now they're all looking for jobs because they thought that selling propaganda they can't get people to watch it for free on their network so why not charge people to watch it <laughs> that yeah, sounds like a great, a great business, business move. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. A great business move. They're not watching it for free, so let's charge them for it. <laughs> so uh yeah, it's it was six dollars a month and they can't get people to watch it. Even though CNN, I think the contract's done, but for all the airports, it was always CNN and they counted all those viewers. Um, you know, so all that was interesting. But then nobody was watching it, so they decided to start their own CNN Plus. And we know that there were people that went, left other networks to go to CNN Plus. Yeah. Chris Wallace was like their front man, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so right here it says that uh, CNN Plus was a $100 million streaming service. And I believe the number was, they got, yeah, 10,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> wow. that 10,000 people. That ROI was so horrible, they had to shut her down. Yep. Real quick. 23 days in operation. Yikes. What's that tell you, though? I mean, people, like you say it all the time, Rob. People vote with their dollars. Yep. And uh, 
They voted pretty hard on that one. Oh, they did vote very hard on that one. And I think that the left, I mean, I said it earlier in the show, if you go woke, you go broke. Look at Disney. How many millions did they lose? Mm-hmm. Or billions probably. I don't know at this point. Um, you look at you look at what's happening with uh, Amazon. You look what's happening with all these all these groups. You know, Netflix. Netflix, yeah. Netflix yeah. Is, is tanking. Um, and so you look at all that and when they go the ESG route, when they go the woke route, they lose their base and they lose their following. And the amount of money that just Disney alone, the amount of money that CNN threw in this and now they're not going to get it back. I mean, this is a, this is a big deal. And I think that no one is talking about, uh, none of the mainstream media is talking about the importance of what this really, what really happened here, because, um, it's, it's a shouting explanation that if you go woke you're gonna go broke and i think that we just have to watch it play out yep i've been talking to people about that you know throughout the week here and just saying that this cancel culture this woke ideology it really is cannibalistic it it it's trying to eat every it's trying to eat the conservatives but eventually when the conservatives just stop even playing the game now they have nobody else to eat except for their own Exactly. You know, because they're not going to eat us. We're just not even going to play. Right. So, you know, you want to do this? I'll take my money elsewhere. Right. And then you guys, all you have left to, to target and go after and attack is your own people. And that will happen. It's, it happens now. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's crazy. And, and you can see just by how many people have opted out of Disney. Yeah. Yep. You know, altogether. I mean, just millions of people have said, I'm not going to pay the monthly app. Year to date. Disney down 38%. (laughs) Wow. I hope it was worth it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Seeing how they didn't achieve anything. And I'm sure they still got those cruises rolling. I'm (laughs) sure they do too. Yep. Let's go to all the islands where they persecute homosexuals. Yeah. They have to actually up those to counteract the uh, loss. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I think they'll have some empty ships. It's pretty crazy. So the last one is just a disgrace of our of our White House again. We see that all the time. I would love to play the Jen Psaki clip um, because I I don't know any way to explain it other than the troubling troubling uh, part of it. Thank you, Jen. Um, I don't believe the White House so far has commented on the death of um, Bishop Evans, the 22-year-old National Guard uh, specialist who drowned trying to save two migrants. I wanted to give the opportunity to say some words on that. Yes, thank you for that, Jackie. And the news of the confirmation that his body had been uh, found um, was confirmed just a couple of hours ago. Um, I would note that, um, of course, our heart uh, goes out to his family and to his loved ones. Um, I w- it, to confirm all the specific details, he went missing uh, on Friday following his selfless efforts to rescue two migrants who appeared to be drowning uh, and who were trying to cross a river in Mexico that went to the United States, uh, went into the U.S., of course. Uh, we know that National Guard personnel, including, uh, including uh, him, risk their lives every day to serve and protect others. Uh, and again, our, our hearts go out to his family. I don't have any, in case you may ask, I don't have any updates at this moment in terms of the president's outreach, but if, uh, if that is something I can update you on this afternoon, I will let you know. Does the White House feel any responsibility for his death, given that uh, there, there's reporting that he lost his life, uh, allegedly trying to save uh, two migrants who were smuggling drugs. This is a, a problem that you know the administration has been facing for some time, and is obviously as we've been discussing, getting some criticism on. Is does the White House feel at all responsible? And what what more can you offer to people who 
you know, are on the border, in border communities, who are experiencing loss and, and trials like this? Well, I, I, of course, we are mourning the, the loss of his life, and we are grateful for the work of every National Guardsman. I would note that the National Guard work for the states, and so he is an employee of the Texas, Texas National Guard, and his efforts and his operation were directed by there, not by the federal government uh, in this in this effort, in this apparatus. Uh, we've, we've long stated that our immigration system is broken. There needs to be more done to invest in smarter security, to have a more effective asylum processing system, and we would welcome any efforts to uh, for for any elected officials to work with us on that. So we are not claiming him as a part of an American deal because he was for the Texas National Guard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what if Texas was a liberal state? Do you think she says that? No, he was one of our own. <laughs> yeah, he was one oh, of yeah. our own. No, because they're not doing their job as a federal government to protect our borders. Isn't that in the Constitution? Like yes. protect us. That's what they're there for. And because they're not, the state National Guard of Texas now has to go to the border, sacrifice their lives because we won't build a wall, because we won't secure the border. Yep. And now somebody died and it's on their head. Yep. Mm -hmm. But they won't even claim that. And then they say it's Texas's fault. Yep. Yeah, that was, you said disgraceful. Perfect word for it. Yeah. Perfect word. Um, I, I had a couple other things to throw in Let's about the, uh, I'm just trying to find it here. So speaking of the White House and the administration, so we've got the uh, Transportation Secretary Boot, uh, boot. <laughs> <laughs> Pete Buttigieg. Um, there are a couple clips on Twitter that I found this week that I thought were just really funny. So the first one is a side-by-side -side of him uh this year, in the first part of this clip, is Donald Trump from back in 2020. Listen to this. We have more oil than anybody, okay? And it's uh, an incredible thing that have, it's happened over the last few years, a lot of great things. And you're paying, what, $2 a gallon for your gasoline? That's okay. You know what that's like? That's like a tax cut. That's bigger than a tax cut. If Biden got in, you'd be paying $7, $8, $9. Didn't they say, get rid of your car? Last month, we announced a $5 billion investment to build out a nationwide electric vehicle charging network so the people from rural to suburban to urban communities can all benefit from the gas savings of driving an EV. So Trump said uh, <laughs> Biden gets in, they're going to raise the gas prices and eventually just tell you to get rid of your car. It's he happening. just told us to get rid of our cars. A year in. A year in, yeah. That's so amazing. I thought that was interesting. So then there was this other, I was watching... Um, Fox was a Fox News host, Brett Baer. Uh, he had uh, Buttigieg on this week, and they were talking about this White House correspondence dinner that's going on this weekend. Um, so I, I did a little reading on that, and it said that they're expecting between 2,500 and 3,000 people at this event. And the people that are attending the massive gathering uh, will also include some of the same people that are currently appealing to seek an overturn of a judge's order that voided the federal mask mandate on planes and trains and buses and public transportation. Um, so Brett bear really, really drills into him on this. And it's just, it's very interesting to hear his responses and you can kind of see the, the level or how they look at themselves as a ruling class versus the rest of us, where they can go to an event jam packed with 3000 people. They don't need to wear masks or worry about COVID or anything, but you get on an airplane with what, 60 other people mm -hmm. and you better have that mask on or they're ripping you off that flight. So just listen to this. 
Are you going to that White House Correspondents' Dinner this weekend? I think I will, yeah. So the fact that Dr. Fauci is not going, does that send a signal? Does it say something? I mean, what should people interpret from that? Well, I think, as he said, that's his personal assessment of his personal risk. And I think we are moving into a phase where that's where a lot of the decision-making is going to lie, right? We're, we're seeing, uh, of course, there are ups and downs, and maybe there will be more. But generally, we've seen a move where you've got fewer and fewer general requirements for everybody. And more and more, it's on you as an individual, as a shopper, as a traveler. I got example, it. But was just when I introduced you, I was talking about the Justice Department appealing that ruling to keep the mask mandate for public transportation right up your alley. Yeah. I mean, it, don't you think voters will look at that and hold the Biden administration or Democrats um, kind of responsible for something that they really don't want. Well, the main consideration there isn't the politics of it. It's making sure there's clarity on the public health authority that the CDC has. In other words, that would be important to pursue, even if they're not going to use it, right? If, even if they determine whether we're talking about trains, planes, buses, that the mandate's no longer needed. And as you recall, it was actually set to expire within a few days of right now anyway. I know, but just let me sit. If you're sitting at home, you just told me you're going to the White House Correspondents' Dinner. The president's going to the White House Correspondents' Dinner. You're not mandated to wear a mask there. But the administration at the same time is fighting a lawsuit to mandate people on planes, trains, and automobiles, or trains and buses to wear masks. So, like, if you're sitting at home, there's a disconnect here. Well, I think uh, most of us understand the difference between a hotel ballroom and an airplane. And uh, again, a lot of this is about what authorities the CDC has. So even if they don't think we need it at all, they'd still want to make sure that we get clarity in court on the legalities of it. But look, as a practical matter, and I know this is confusing, if you're getting on an airplane, it's your call. It's up to you. And I think the most important thing right now is that everybody's treated with respect, those who choose to wear a mask and those who choose not to. Well, it's up to you if the administration loses the well, appeal. Could be either way, right? Because uh, if it expires, then uh, uh, even if the CDC has the authority, they might not want to use it. The legal side is about clarifying the public health law in this country. The practical side is travelers want to know what to expect when they're getting on a plane, getting on a bus, getting on the subway. So most people understand the difference between a ballroom and an airplane. And I do understand the difference. We're the ones on the airplane. You get to be in the ballroom. <laughs> That's the difference. Yes. And that, the, just that one line infuriated me. Yeah. You know, and as an American citizen, you, you should be upset about that. Yes. Look at these people just talking down to you. I just, I was thinking, don't you all feel like parented at the moment? Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, we're going to tell you what to do. And when someone, when a judge says that everybody should have their right to choose what they want, which is freedom, yep. um, then we're going to come in and tell you that judge is wrong and you better do it our way anyway. Yeah, exactly. And, and I love that he kept pushing back and saying, no, 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 you don't understand. There's a disconnect at home right now. People aren't buying this garbage. Right. Yep. And, yeah. and, you know, he just flounders his way through it. But when he talked about Dr. Fauci at the beginning, determining that he's not going to go to the dinner because of his own personal assessment of his own personal risk, that would have been nice for the last two years if we all could have done that. Exactly. I would have loved to not be cooped up at home, you know, moved away from my job and all this stuff because I would have just assessed my personal risk. I'm healthy. I'm young. I'm good. I'll be fine. Let me do my life. Yep. I agree. I agree. That's amazing. Um, I think that we are seeing, as you said earlier, a disintegration of the movement. Yeah, they, they they're trying to hold on to the last scraps yep, of yep, control. Just, yep, 
yeah the threads and, and they and they stutter and do all that there but um very interesting uh the other thing is just the event itself um the white house correspondence dinner usually has a lot of jokes about the president and this year it's only got one joke it is the president <laughs> <laughs> headlining nice. nice yeah the headliner. <laughs> the headliner is the joke right instead of other oh, people joking man. about him anyway so uh wow it's good stuff i think we need to uh to thank our sponsor we do that's awesome. Yeah, we want to th- we want to thank sponsor of the show My Pillow. As everybody out there knows, Mike Lindell, who's a great guy, he's the creator of the My Pillow, and he has been attacked a lot by the cancel culture campaigns and the radical left. But I'll tell you what, despite all that, you know, he just continues to stand and fight for your rights and freedoms as an American. He's doing a great job, and My Pillow makes some awesome products, and it's not just pillows. I-, I was having that conversation with somebody this week, and they said, "Oh, I didn't realize all the other stuff." Yeah, it's a ton of stuff. They make the Giza Dream bed sheets, the My Slippers, which I have and I love, the bath towel sets, dog beds. They've got so much stuff, but of course, they got the My Pillows. You know, if you head over to MyPillow.com, use promo code AGA when you order a Classic My Pillow, uh, you can get Mike's Mike's Classic My Pillows are the best pillows that you can get. I've had one for over two years. It's just it doesn't change. It's so supportive. <laughs> exactly. uh, it doesn't get flat. All you got to do is fluff it once and you're good for the night. They're made with Mike's patented interlocking fill. So like I said, you fluff it once and it stays just like that. Classic My Pillows are machine washable, come with 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee to make sure that you love it. And best of all, they're made right here at home in the United States. It doesn't get any better than that. So for you guys listening to this show and anything on the AGA network, you can get standard My Pillows. Standard size my pillows for 1998. You can get queen size for 29.98 and king size for 34.98. Go take advantage of these huge discounts right now. Use promo code AGA when you order online at mypillow.com or you can call 800-565-8573. So either use promo code AGA online when you order or call 800-565-8573. Order your classic my pillows and any of these other products today. Get those discounts. I think you might still be able to get Mike's book for free I as a free so. gift yep. with the promo code. So check that out. It's a great story. And thank you to everybody for listening. And thank you to my pillow. Amazing, amazing products. So we all have them. We use them. And uh, we all have different preferences, which is cool. Yeah. That's why they, they have multiple different products. So amazing stuff. So if you want to follow along, we've given you all the ways to follow us and connect with us. I think that uh, that we have lots of things happening. Even as we've sat here, some things have come across the news that we'll have to highlight in our next show. Yep, definitely. So everybody out there, just make sure you follow us, AGA.network, Rumble, support AGA.com on Locals, all that all that fun stuff. True Social, it's coming along. We'll be there too. But make sure you follow Rob Coburn. He's uh, <laughs> racking up the followers there on you there. Go. So We're getting there. It's really awesome. So everybody, we really hope you have a great weekend. And until we talk to you next week, stay awake. Stay awake.